Well, good morning. It is good to see you here. My name is Keith Davis. I'm the missions pastor here at First Baptist Owasso, and it is an honor to be here this morning. I want to first of all let you know how much I appreciate and love the staff that's at this church. You know who they are, and they're doing an amazing job. And so can we say thank you to our staff that's here at this location? Appreciate them. From, uh, I mean, from the people that, that do the cleaning to the people that do the preaching to do groups and uh, preschool and children's and, and student ministry. Everyone does such a great job and appreciate those who work up in the tech and, and all that stuff. There's a lot of people that make this happen and God's using them in an, an incredible way. All right. Um, first of all, I want you to know that we just got back from camp. Falls Creek was amazing. We had a junior high week of camp. We had a high school uh, week of camp this past week, and I got to be partnered with the one and only Dale back here. He did such a great job with the students there at camp, and uh, we had, was it ninth grade boys, ninth, tenth grade boys, and uh, tenth grade boys, and he did a great job. I was just a fly on the wall, let him do his, his thing, and, and they loved him and respected him. Got to see God move, got to see some decisions made at False Creek this week. It was great. Thank you for praying for Andrew Wade and the team that made that happen the past two weeks. I want you to know that today your notes are going to be notes that you haven't seen before, and they're not going to be on your piece of paper. They're not even going to be on the screen. I'm going to give you your notes today. Is that okay with you? All right? And I promise you, I will take you through the notes. I'll make sure you know exactly where we are. It won't be confusing. It'll be very outlined and organized. All right? I want to start with a word of prayer. All right? Let's pray. God, we thank you for another day of life. We pray that you would use us in the life of others. God, we pray that you would provide extra patience and kindness as we live in this world that you've called us to serve and to reach. God, may The words that come out of my mouth be your words. May your spirit lead. May your spirit guide. May your scripture speak to the hearts today. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, I want to start with a story. Now, uh, my wife taught kindergarten for a long, long time. And uh, this was the first year that she got to teach second grade. And someone told her, they said, hey, there's a second grade position open And uh, if you'd like to have it, you can have it. Amy said, well, let me pray about it. I'm not really sure. You know, I've taught kindergarten for such a long time. And this teacher had taught second grade for years. And she'd also taught kindergarten for years. And she told Amy, she said, listen, if you take the second grade position, you will get a lot more sleep at nighttime during the school year. And Amy's like, I will take the position. I will teach second grade, all right? Kindergarten is tough. But there was, a, there was a kindergartner and a, and a kindergarten teacher. This is, this is a good story, all right? So the, the, the teacher, kindergarten teacher, she pulled and she pushed. But the boots still didn't want to go on on this kindergartner. She's trying to put these boots on, these, on this kindergarten boy, all right? When the second boot was finally on, she had worked up a sweat. She almost whimpered. When the little boy said, teacher, they're on the wrong feet. She looked 
And sure enough, they were. It wasn't any easier pulling the boots off than it was putting them on. She managed to keep her cool as together they worked to get the boots back on, this time on the right feet. Once the boots were on, the little boy announced, These aren't my boots. <laughs> she bit her tongue rather than get right, uh, rather than, uh, get right in his face and scream. Why didn't you say so? Like she, uh, why didn't you say so? Like she wanted to, once again, she struggled to help him, pu- uh, to help him pull the ill-fitting boots off. Once the boots were off, she, uh, uh, she said to the little boy, or he said, the, the, boy, the boy said the boots aren't mine. The, boy, the boots aren't mine. They're my brother's boots. My mom made me wear them. The teacher didn't know if she should laugh or cry. She mustered up the grace to wrestle the boots on his feet again. When the boots were back on for the third time, she said, Now, they're on. Where are your mittens? The little boy said, I stuffed them in the toes of my boots. (laughs) Sounds like a kindergartner, doesn't it? And a kindergartner teacher. Woo, patience. Man, patience. Are you good at that? Some people are. I'm not. (laughs) Most likely, all of us in this room, if we were to be honest with each other, if we were to be real, not to be fake, just to be honest and real with each other, most of us would say, you know, that's something I I really need to work on. Being patient and kind. It doesn't mean that you're heartless. It doesn't mean that you're mean all the time. It doesn't mean that you don't care for people. But for lots of different reasons, many of us, including myself, there are times where we're not patient and we're not kind. especially in today's culture. And I'm not doing this. I'm not saying in today's culture. I'm saying pointing that way and pointing back at me in today's culture. It's tough, isn't it? Because there are different thoughts. There's different opinions. There's different convictions. There's different personalities. There's different temperaments. There's different backgrounds. There's different experiences that we bring to the table, each and every one of us, which causes us at times to not be patient and to not be kind the way that we should, even though we've trusted in Jesus and we want to follow him. It can be tough. Well, Paul was in jail and he had gotten word that his church wasn't doing too well on the inside. He'd gotten word that things weren't going real well on the inside, and so therefore he sent a letter to them, giving them very clear instructions on the way they should do life inside the church. If you can't live it on the inside of the church, how can you live it on the outside of the church? And he's saying, people are watching. We are influencing the world. We've got to, as believers in Christ in this church, we've got to live a certain way. 
people are watching. And so he was led by God to write 1 Corinthians, the whole book, especially 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Raise your hand if you're familiar with 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It's also known as the love chapter. Now, when Paul wrote this, he did not have in mind for 1 Corinthians 13 to be on Hallmark Valentine's cards. He did not have plans for there to be Hallmark movies, whether it's Christmas love movies or whether it's Valentine's movies, or he just didn't have that in mind. He didn't have in mind that there would be posters that used to, people used to put on their wall about 1 Corinthians 13, how we should love all these people in all these different ways. That wasn't his mind. That's not what he was thinking. He was thinking, we've got to fix what's going on inside the church because we've got to be an influence to the world. That's why he wrote 1 Corinthians 13. Honestly, he was chastising them. He was saying, shame on you. You know better than this. This is the way we should live. It's not easy. It's going to be tough, but we can do it. So I want us to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses, I'm sorry, chapter 13, verses 3, verses 1 through 4. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 through 4. All right, let's read it together. I'll read it, and let's go ahead and stand in honor of God's word, all right? It says, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have a prophetic power or powers and understand all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all the faith so that as to remove mountains, but I have not love, because I have nothing If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Paul says, love is patient, and love is kind. And that's the word of the God. And you say? Praise be God, you may be seated. Notice at the very end there, Paul's like, listen, if you don't have love, you don't have anything. And he's saying, we've got to be a people, we've got to be a church that is patient and that is kind. And that's in the midst of a culture that has gone crazy. And I want to make sure you hear what I'm saying. I'm not pointing to the world and saying, look how bad they are. I'm pointing even back at myself saying, this culture, it's a mess. I'll never forget Mike Taylor. Many of you have seen him preach at our church or you've been involved with him with Greater European Missions, which is a ministry we partner with in our missions ministry. Mike came and preached at our church. He's been spending years in England. And he basically said, I think it was around four years ago, he came and preached at our church and he goes, what I'm seeing in England is coming to America very quickly. And he was talking about the religious culture, which is not good. As many of you know, England years ago was booming with evangelism and God was moving. The churches were full. People were standing in line to get in the church. There was no room in the church for people to even sit throughout all the churches in England. And now they're selling off the churches to businesses and corporations or they're empty and they're collecting 
cobwebs. A very small percentage of the people believe in Christ in England. It's very sad. And Mike said, I really believe it's going to be here soon in America. It's moving this way. Then Mike came back and preached a couple of years later after that. And he said, I stood in your pulpit and I said, it's coming this way. And he goes, it's coming even quicker than I thought. Because he had been spending time in America, traveling across the college campuses, promoting his ministry, recruiting for his ministry. And he was beginning to seeing a glimpse of the world, of the glimpse of where our culture is going among not just our college students, but they're representing all of America when it comes to what they believe or what they don't believe or the, the life that they're choosing. And he's like, it's here. So we have this difficult culture that we're living in and we're supposed to be patient and we're supposed to be kind. So I really believe that the message that Paul had for his church at that time is a message for us too. We've got to be patient. We've got to be kind. So I want to share some ways that we can work on becoming more patient and more kind. I know I need this. And some of these things I've actually already started to work on. I just didn't know the timing of this message today. And so I want you to get a pen. And I want you to write some of these things down. And write these scripture references down. And I just want you to know that you can hear these and think to yourself, man, that's just so elementary. That's just, duh, it's a no-brainer, Keith, these four things. That's, that's no-brainer. I've heard, I've heard those before. I've heard them before, too. And even recently, I've had to come back around and go, I, I got to give attention to this one. I'm 52. I've been in ministry for years that does not exclude me from needing God's word and to putting God's word into practice and becoming better as God has called me to be in this world to be an influence to others. And I just hope that you will receive these, give attention to these, and really ask yourself, which one is for me? Which two are for me? Are all of these for me today? I hope that you would do that, all right? So here's the first thing. If we want to have the patience that God wants us to have in this culture, if we want to be kind in this culture that, that we live in, the first thing is this. Oh, it's going to sound so elementary, all right? It's so important. And number one is this. I'm talking about you individually and me individually. Number one is we've got to pray. We've got to pray. So Keith Davis, 52-year-old husband, father, missions pastor. I've got to confess, God, with this particular person or with this particular conviction that I have in today's world, I don't have the patience that I should. I'm not reflecting you like I should. God, may your spirit speak to me in such a way to where I would become more patient and kind to others. And I need to consistently pray. And it says, many of you know this, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. 
Don't be anxious about anything. Bring your petitions. Bring your prayers to the Lord. Give those to him. Let him know your request, even if it means I'm not patient. you got to help me. This person's personality is different than mine. Their conviction is different than mine. They live on the other side of town than I do. Um, they, they have different backgrounds. They have different experiences. Their temperament is different than mine. God, help me to be more patient and more kind to them. As you're praying, here's some things. Um, number one, as you're praying, here's, here's a few things to pray. Number one, God, help me to see others the way you see them. Help me to see others the way you see them, not me. I want to get out of the way and let you lead me and guide me with my thoughts and how I view that person. God, help me to view them the way you view them. And as you know, Jesus views people in the greatest way possible, right? Here's something else to pray for. This is a big one. This one's tough for me sometimes. It's tough. Because I'm very social. I like to visit with people. And sometimes I'm worried about who I'm going to talk to next more than I am the person that I'm talking to. And some of y'all have experienced that. There have been times on Sunday morning where I'm talking to somebody in the lobby of the church. And five minutes later, I'm down the hallway and I'm like, I just walked away from somebody I was just talking to. I didn't mean it. But that's just me. We need to pray that God help me to listen. Help me just to listen and to be slow and to listen. And as you listen, you're going to hear someone's heart. You may discover why they are thinking the way they are thinking, why they're believing the way they're believing. That doesn't mean you have to agree with it, but it helps you to understand why they are the way they are. And I don't know about you, but I think I would expect that also from them right? We want people to listen to us. That's the third thing you can pray for. Number four, or the third thing is this, as you pray, is, is pray that you would react in kindness. React in kindness. Your tone, the content that comes out of your mouth, which comes from your heart, even after you've left them, and you've gone about your way and your day and you're out and about, it's going to come back up again, especially if you disagree with them or you're different than them. You're going to think, man, you know, react in kindness even when you're away from them. Those are some things that you can pray for. Number one is pray. Number two is be held accountable. About three months ago, God really stirred my heart that I really needed to work on some things in my life spiritually. And I want you to know, I'm not sharing this to be arrogant or to say, look at me. I'm just trying to be authentic with you. And God kept laying one person on my heart. One person in our church. And this guy is so busy. He is so busy. I, I didn't even want to ask him because I didn't want him to have anything else on his plate. But I just knew he was the right person. I just felt like God was saying, this is the guy for you. And I think I shocked him because I'm one of his pastors. I didn't shock him with what I needed to work on. I, I shocked him with 
Would you disciple me? Would you spend time with me? Would you disciple me? Speak into my life. He said, yes, we're meeting almost every Monday. If you want to join us, it's at Mazio's in Collinsville. And we eat there and we meet there because we're not going to run into a bunch of people that we know most likely. We just wanted it to be kind of a a quiet, intimate place that we could meet. We meet there at 5 o'clock. We eat pizza. We eat salad. Guess what? We're learning scripture verses together. We have memory cards. And we share with each other what we're going with. What's going on and and how we can help one another and challenge one another to become better. So if being patient and being kind is something that you really need to work on, if it is, find somebody to hold you accountable. They're not replacing the Holy Spirit. They're not replacing God's word. They're not replacing necessarily the church, but they are being used by God in your life to hold you accountable. And most likely, you know what they're going to say? Hey, would you hold me accountable too? We're in this together. Now, when it comes to your accountability, it may not be every week for an hour and a half eating pizza and salad. It could be on the phone for a few minutes. It could be through texting. You know you. You know your schedule. You know the creative way you need to be when it comes to setting accountability type of situation. Have somebody hold you accountable. And as a result of somebody holding you accountable, and of course the spirit being involved, of course God's word being involved, you're going to become somebody that's more patient and more kind, and who knows how God's going to use that. That could turn out to be something incredible. Have somebody hold you accountable. Proverbs 17, 7. Iron sharpens what? Iron. Iron sharpens iron. So I want to encourage you guys to find somebody to hold you accountable when it comes to the topic today or even the scripture as we continue to break it down. Um, In two weeks, I'll be back here and we'll be talking about respecting others. We're going to continue to look at 1 Corinthians 13. How to love people the way God wants us to love them. So number two is be held accountable. Number three, again, here we go. You're going to go, keep that so simple. It's so practical. But then yet I still had to go to somebody and say, hold me accountable. Make sure I'm learning scripture. Make sure I'm hiding scripture in my heart. That's number three. Hide God's word in your heart. As you hide God's word in your heart, it's going to, as the scripture says, in Psalm 119.11, you've heard that scripture most likely before, hide God's word in your heart so that you may not, what? Sin. And when we are not patient and when we are not kind We're not living the life that God's called us to live when it comes to working with people and ministering to people. That is sin. We're not being patient. We're not being kind. Hide God's word in your heart. I've got these yellow note cards. They're actually back in my backpack back there. And the guy that I'm meeting with, 
we created these yellow cards. And every week, man, we're eating pizza and we're flipping through these cards. Memorization is not my thing. I'm terrible at it. You know what I mean, Bob? I'm just kidding. I don't even name. I'm terrible at, memor- at memorization, but I have my own system. I have my own way of learning scripture, and it's weird, and I do it through, through cards, and I remember key words, and I even think of pictures and things. I know I'm strange, but I have my own way of memorizing scripture, but this guy is holding me accountable, and he'll, he'll even call me and say, are you working on that verse today? And I'll pull it out, yes, I am, and I'll actually read it off to him, and I'm thinking he thinks I've got it memorized. And he goes, oh, great job. Way to read the card off to me on the phone. I'm, I, I do better. And I, I actually have to work on that. But, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a shot, and, and he's helping me. And I'm hiding God's word in my heart. And as you hide God's word in your heart, it will lead you. It will guide you. It will cause you to live a way that is not you, because it's God living through you, through his word. And, and it's real, and it's ministry, and it's influence on others. So I want to encourage you to hide God's word in your heart. I love the example of Jesus. Now listen to this. I know you've seen this before. Jesus goes into the desert, Right? He's going to be tempted. The devil's going to be tempting him. How does he fight that off? Even Jesus himself quoted scripture to fight the enemy off. And if Jesus used scripture to live a certain way, how much more should we? I love the example of Jesus quoting scripture actually three different times in Luke chapter 4 verses 1 through 11. He quotes scripture four different, three different times. I'm like, that's amazing. The greatest example of all time is Jesus. And I'm so thankful that even he had scripture in his heart. Then we've come to the last thing I want to share with you today. It's, it's number four. There are four things that we can do to become more patient, to become more kind. And number four is this. It may surprise you. It may surprise you when I say this. It may bother some of you. And if it bothers you, then I'd just probably point you back to God's word, point you back to how Jesus lived life. When I was at Falls Creek this week, um, God was speaking to me personally just about the world, our culture, what's going on, the church, the believers, including myself. I never leave myself out of, you know, what's going on. I'm never doing this. I'm always pointing back at me. And I was talking with Darby Webster, who is a great man. He's at our other campus. It was at nighttime. The weather was cool at False Creek. What a miracle. The weather was cool at False Creek for the first three days. We're outside. Aiden, you got all you, all you students, some of y'all students have been there, and it's just relaxing. You can hear the crickets. You can see the stars. You can hear the waterfall running by the cabin. It's dark. It's just, it's just a beautiful setting, and, and I'm out there talking with Darby. And I said, Darby, 
I really have a concern about the church, not just this church, but the capital C, the church in general. That's just, just, it's my conviction, and I'm pointing back at myself. I'm not, you know, doing this. I'm pointing back at myself. I said, the conviction is this. I just don't think that the people in the church, capital C, I just don't think the people in the church are hanging out with lost people like they should be. Now, for those of you who knew I was a student pastor for 27 years, you'd go, no, hang on a minute. Because, Keith, you've told students for years, and you've even pointed back to Scripture where it says, basically I'm paraphrasing, it says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And even as I used to preach that with students, I would always follow it up by saying, look at the example that Jesus lived for us through the scriptures. Who did Jesus spend most of his time with? The 12, right? The most committed ones. They prayed together. They ate together. They laughed together. They cried together. They worshiped together. They walked together, traveled together. I mean, they did everything together. But there were pockets of time where Jesus would take a, a disciple or two with him or he would go by himself and he would spend time with people that thought differently than he did, didn't even know who he was, had different uh, convictions than he did, lived a life that he would never approve, he spent time with them. Zacchaeus, one of my favorite passages. There's so much content there. Zacchaeus, even the crowd says, why is he going to his house today? Now remember, he spent the majority of his time with the 12, but there were small pockets of time where he would go out. So he was... Even Jesus was a great example of being careful who you hang out with. The fact is, is he hung out with people that were different than him. Oh, the woman caught in adultery. He spent a small pocket of time with her, right? Didn't beat her up. He didn't scream at her. I think Jesus kind of knew that the situation alone spoke to her very loudly and clearly. And he just said, man, don't do that again. Get out of here. The woman at the well, she substituted real love with relationships. And they weren't even really supposed to be hanging out together because of religious beliefs. But he spent a small pocket of time with her. And what happened? Her life changed. She then went and got a crowd of people, brought them back to Jesus. She became a missionary right there in her own town because he spent a small pocket of time with her. He invested in her. So point number four is hang out with people that are different than you. I said it. Now you got to remember, Jesus spent the majority of his time with the twelve. You guys have a 12. You have a church, a Sunday school class. Spend a lot of time with them. Make sure you're grounded. Make sure you're held accountable. Make sure you pray. But spend time with people that are different than you. As you spend time with people that are different than you, 
And as you hide God's word in your heart and as you pray and as you're held accountable, I really believe that it could be that we're going to be more patient and more kind. I didn't say you would give in to what they believe in. I did not say that you would ever agree with what they believe in or how they live their life, even though it's very different. But I think that could help us. I believe, based on Jesus' example, it will help us to be effective and have influence on people that truly need him. I want to encourage you, at times, small pockets of time, to break out. Spend time with people that are different than you. That can be hard for some of us. That can be a stretch for some of us. That's even more so why it's important to hide God's word in your heart, to be accountable, and to pray. We're getting ready this Saturday to go see the Salsetas in New York City. Because they're, char- they're starting a church in a city where there's up to 800 languages. Did you hear that? 800 languages. 90-something countries are represented in this one city of New York City. You think they believe differently than we do? New York City. Have you seen the videos of people in the subway there? I mean, you know. And I'm going to be one of them. All right? So I'm going to see some interesting things. There's going to be people there looking at me seeing something interesting too. It goes both ways. We're going to be spending time for six days in a city with people who do not think the way we think. Some of them don't look the way we look. They have different backgrounds, different religions, different thoughts on life. The whole world is... In New York City, we're going to be right in the middle of them. We're going to be right where God wants us to be. And we have been taking 30 days to go through some devotions. Our team has been taking 30 days. It's 30-day spiritual preparation for a mission trip. We've been hiding God's word in our heart. We've been praying. And we're preparing to go be in the world, to seek and save the world. And you know what? It should be no different than here. Oklahoma looks a little different. We talk a little different. We look a little different. But it's no different than here. Whether you're going to New York City, or whether you're going here, or whether you're going to Tepa, Mexico, we've got to be ready to be patient and kind with a culture and a society that is different than us. That is my encouragement to you today. And really, it's from God who inspired Paul to write it. And now we're reading it and living it out today. Be patient. Be kind. So is that for you today? We're going to have a time of uh, application. And so this is just my way of doing it. And, and it's not because I want to see you raise a hand. It's because I just want to, I want to be praying for you this week. All right. So I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. And I'm going to mention these four points again.
And I want you to raise your hand if you're like, all right, point number one, Keith, yes, that is, that's me. That's what I'm going to be working on. It's what God spoke to me about today, all right? Or maybe it's number two or number three or number four, and that's going to be our prayer time for our invitation. So let me run through these one more time, all right? Things we can do that will help us to have more patience and kindness towards others. Number one, it's to pray. To be honest with God and say, God, help me, lead me, guide me. I need help on this one. Would you raise your hand if that's you? Just pray. You, you need to be in prayer about that. It's got to be more than you. God's got to be involved. Pray, all right? Number two, be held accountable. My hand's up. I just started it long, long, long ago. Anybody else? Keith, I need to be held accountable. Something I need to give attention to. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay. All right. Number three, hide God's word in my heart. I recently did that myself. I'm still doing it. Anybody else? Keith, I need to hide God's word in my heart. I need to work on that. I need to give attention to that. I need to memorize the word. Thank you. Anybody else? And then number four. Man, I just got to spend time with people that are different than me. I need to give attention to that. Anybody? Would you raise your hand? I need to spend time with people that are different than me, that think different, that have different convictions, that are lost. Anybody else? Thank you. God, thank you for your word today. We pray that it would continue to speak to us even as we leave in just a little while. Even as we go back home, as we go back to work, as we interact with family members and friends and our neighbors, God, use us in this crazy culture. Thank you for choosing to use us.